Hi, I'm Dr. Chris Stevens, and this is the Psychology to Live By podcast. In part one of this series on mental health, we examined how we can all go about helping colleagues and acquaintances if we see they're struggling with poor mental health. In this talk, we address the following question. How does one handle the situation if we supervise or manage someone with a mental health issue at work? Well, as a manager, you always wear two hats. One represents your duty to manage performance and the other your duty to care for your people. When you encounter mental health issues in the workplace, you still need to perform both duties. For example, you observe a worker's performance decline and you you decide to address it. It's often only at this point that you may become aware that they've got a mental health concern. At this moment, you should take off your managing performance hat and explicitly put on your duty of care hat and then conduct a helping conversation as we explored in part one of this series. You should signpost this shift explicitly. For example, by saying something like, oh, I'm sorry to hear you've been struggling and I want to talk with you about what I can do to support you. Of course, if the mental health concern is really severe, you should cease performance management and immediately move to get this person assistance. But generally, if the mental health issue is moderate and well-managed and you've conducted the above conversation, at this point, you should take off your duty of care hat and explicitly put on your managing performance hat. Why? Because it's well documented that staying at work and improving performance are far better for that person's mental health than generally staying at home and or not improving performance. So again, you should signpost this shift explicitly. For example, by saying something like, I now want to have a conversation in which I can support you to better perform in your role and have more success here at work. Now, there's another more tricky issue I want to touch upon in managing mental health in the workplace. Sometimes someone with a mental health concern may be detrimental to others in the workplace. They may be angry or behaving erratically or letting others down in terms of their work. Now you have real complexity with respect to your duty of care. You still have a duty to this person, but also to those around them, including yourself. How do you balance these duties? How much empathy should you show the person? What kinds of negative consequences should you put in place? Well, it depends on two variables. How intentional their poor behaviour is, and how much remorse and accountability they feel. Generally, you should provide more structure and more consequences for intentional harm and low accountability. So, if they meant it and they don't have remorse, you need to provide more negative consequences and lower empathy. Conversely, you ought to provide fewer negative consequences for people who couldn't control their behaviour at the time and who feel remorseful about it. Likewise, you should demonstrate more empathy for them. It's perfectly appropriate to lower your empathy 
for people who intend harm and feel no remorse. Your empathy is now much better directed at those around the damaging person, and this includes you. But one caveat. Generally, some structure in the form of consequences is good for people with mental health issues, even if they do not intend harm and they do feel remorse. This is because structure is actually supportive and less ambiguous for them as they work to readapt. It gives them something to measure their progress against. And finally, some advice for dealing with quite nasty people in the workplace. A subcategory of psychiatric diagnoses is the personality disorders. Although generally you'll encounter few of these in the workplace, you will encounter them at some time in your career. And you'll certainly encounter quite a few who have what we call maladjusted personality traits. These are less severe personalities, but they are people who nonetheless cause a very high proportion of workplace conflict and distress. These are people who demonstrate quite marked deviations from social norms. For example, typical characteristics are vanity, Machiavellian conduct, impulsivity, coldness, arrogance, dominance, immorality, dishonesty, and above all, an unusual absence of guilt. So how do you recognise you're dealing with this kind of enduring personality traits? You discover that there is a pattern of conflict and of interpersonal distress around them that extends across time and also across a variety of relationships. In other words, they are the common factor. And what do you do? You lower your empathy and never go it alone. Work with others to contain their bad behaviour. Never use explicit aggression. Now, normally we would de-escalate problems using a combination of appeals to reason and emotion. You know, if a person's behaviour is not making sense and they're upsetting other people, they generally respond positively when, that's, when they realise this. This absolutely won't work here. This is probably not about reasonableness for them and they don't care about the distress they're causing others. In contrast, make their behaviour non-rewarding by not demonstrating any emotional upset or weakness. Work with colleagues and, if at all possible, put in place negative consequences for their poor behaviour. The best you can really do is to contain and control their behaviours as they will not change their personality. Hopefully, eventually, they'll tire of the constraints and will move on for greener pastures. You've been listening to the Psychology to Live By podcast. If you'd like to know more, my website is www.drchris.life. And if you like the podcast, share it with people you like so they can like it too.